Tonight on Rogue Padron, when has Wiz Jensen ever been right? Mirax Tarek's father, a gentle hand on the Snoop Scoot, Baby Bear is growing up. Will the real Ice Hard please stand up and willing to do the wet work? <laughs> Snoop Scoot! Snoop Scoot! This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, welcome to season eight, mission four, episode sixty-nine of nice. nice, nice, Meg. I'm very upset that Tycho's flight suit unzipped to his navel did not make your <laughs> like highlight highlight of the series. <laughs> I knew you would want to bring it up. <laughs> Like, am I allowed to talk about Tycho that way? It's really just you. <laughs> and he was definitely wearing nothing underneath that. Oh, never. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> you never know when you have to be ready. <clears throat> well, we have a very interesting... <laughs> yes? What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want it to mean. Like, to go swimming? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure, Danny. Sure. It's sure going to get wet, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, well, this is going to be an interesting episode, (laughs) because it is our celebratory 69 episode, but these chapters aren't very jovial. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) They're like the least sexy chapters to date. And I'm including it's up there again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but before we get into the meat of it, <laughs> quick reminder. <laughs> Meg, no. Yes. Yes, yes Meg. Yes. yes. If Heath, Rogue 3, was a shark, he would be a Greenland shark because they avoid sunlight and prefer the cold. Yep. <laughs> Seth, Rogue 7, would be a bonnethead shark because it's ace and doesn't need a man. Hell yeah. Wait, tell, say more about that. Uh, the bonnet head shark reproduces asexually. For real? Yeah. How? Nice. It was the first of the, um, its type of shark to be discovered to be able to do that. Does it, is it like, like a part of it just breaks off and sprouts into a new shark or how does it? <laughs> no, it can fertilize its own, um, oh, mermaid okay, sac. fertilization. Yeah. Cool. What a heady skill. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 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 <laughs> Danny, Rogue Six would be a nurse shark because they appear inoffensive and calm, but they are ranked fourth and responsible for bites in humans. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <clears throat> I'm ranked I'm third, Meg, actually. Rogue- so. And I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I'm a whale shark because I'm friendly and slow-moving. <laughs> Bonus, if Rogue Pod was a shark, it would be a tiger shark because its nickname is Garbage Can. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Look at that garbage can swimming through the ocean. Look at that yeah. garbage can swimming. It's nicknamed that because tiger sharks will eat anything. Like tires I mean, and garbage. Same. <laughs> same. Same. Who doesn't? 
Danny, speaking of garbage, well, do you have a question? Speaking of garbage, <laughs> wow, that is graphic. <laughs> wow, that is awful. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Danny, that's a weird question. I. <laughs> so, just so our listeners know, our show notes are being illustrated this week, apparently. Um, <laughs> In celebration of in, the episode number? In honor of I'm episode I'm not even sure what else is going on in this picture. <laughs> it's it's definitely a picture. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of questionable content, I have a question <laughs> about Star Wars. Just the future of Star Wars. Um, we got some big news this week, as you're all aware, about um, the future of the Star Wars franchise. Ryan Johnson is helming three, a new trilogy, and he's directing the first one. Um, and also, there's supposedly for real this time a live action tv show in the works so let's focus on that this week if the live action tv show were rogue squadron what would you want that to look like brooklyn 99 oh hell yeah yeah just that just that there's nothing else that would actually make <laughs> me watch it tell me more so definitely uh rework some of the characters into making it a much more diverse cast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so not everyone is slender Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not everyone, everyone is white. slender and straight and white. Yeah. yeah, so we'll change that up a little bit. And then it's just zany hijinks that do get very emotional and very serious at some point, but never too much like drama that makes you upset that can't be resolved within like four episodes. Yeah. Nice. And just really cool, both friendship wise and romance wise, and learning how to go through those things. And good mentor-mentee relationships, and just all around excellent writing, lots of laughs, a bunch of weird stuff happening. Good. I can't say anything else that I would want from this, honestly. That is it, 100%. So would you want, like, say... Brooklyn Nine-Nine-style, like, day-to-day operations of, like, the Flight Squadron, like, more time in the office? Or would you want more, like, missions and adventures, but just in that style of humor? They can do both. Okay. Why not both? Yeah, I was gonna say Parks and Rec, but mostly for the same reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I've never really watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, but it sounds should, like wait. Um, oh, Heath, you will love it. Yeah, just I know. stop the podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. But well, yeah, we're I would, all in agreement on that one, then. Yeah, <laughs> rogue pod. Like I don't, mm, like I don't. I'm not really necessarily in the mood for like a gritty no. drama Star Wars type of thing, which I don't think it will be because it's on like a Disney streaming channel, right? Um, but like definitely something that is written very purposefully and with like a lot of things in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not much of a TV show person. I mostly watch sitcoms, so I basically mm-hmm. just want a sitcom so I'll actually watch it. Yeah, but like with Rogue Pod because they're all lovable and zany. Yes, and because like Brooklyn Nine Nine does get into like serious issues. Like there's an episode about um walking while black. And being profiled and, and those types of things. And they get through it and it's good and you just feel good all around. That's one of the yeah. best half hours of TV I've ever watched, actually. Just yeah. because they managed to take that serious issue and present it in a like real, honest, relatable way, but still like you didn't feel terrible at the end of it. Right, right. So it's good. Yeah. Um, is this show on Netflix? It is no. not on Netflix. It is on Hulu. There were a couple seasons. Wait. Nope. Not is that just America. outside of America? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, so what would we say is the over-under on this actually happening? Uh, under? 
So under. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how over-unders work, but under. I don't either, but it sounded kind of smart, right? <laughs> yeah, it did. I feel like Star Wars never gives me what I want, so... <laughs> Literally, Star Wars does not want to give us... Yeah, the, it's going to end good, up being like Ezra's live-action adventures, stuff. isn't it? <gasps> I swear to God, I will burn Star Wars to the ground. <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> swear to God. Right. And didn't they say that, like, it's going to be... In like unexplored territory, they said that about the, the movies. movies. Oh, the movies. Okay, yeah. they didn't yeah, really they say anything, anything about the movies. Give us Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron, Rogue, or Rice Squadron. I would enjoy that too. Oh yeah, I mean they can be both. It's Any of the funny. squadrons, yeah. Just some X wings, Crimson, Corona, yeah, Blue. <laughs> get orange. get some cameo spotlight of Dorset Conair in there. <laughs> yep, that's the definitely main... a priority. <laughs> Still lover, don't. <laughs> <laughs> The main reason I don't see it happening is an X-Wing show would inevitably have a lot of, like, space battles, yeah. and the budget is just, just destroys the budget. Yeah. They could just have it as, like, a joke that they talk about they, the space battles. They never they actually go on missions. <laughs> you only ever just hear them <laughs> happening in the background. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where you almost never actually see them doing stuff. They're just like, in the office, like yeah. living their lives. Yeah. They're mostly in the office. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. IRS. It's an office show, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest, the worst parts of, like, the, the X-Men books are the space battles. Yep. Yeah. They really are. And I feel As like... As proven to be by when they're space battles, I usually just write space battles. <laughs> <laughs> right. I generally, like, read gen- the first. I generally words, don't read TBH. <laughs> I read, like, the first words and last words of each paragraph just to make sure nobody died, but I mm. skip everything else. Yeah. Well, I think if there's one thing all nerds can agree on, it's that the least interesting part of the X-Wing books is the space battles. Yes, I'm sure everybody agrees on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're the number one podcast on iTunes right now. <laughs> we're focusing I can really... on what matters. <laughs> I can only read about corn juking so many times. Uh, <laughs> Pulling up his flight stick. Love that yeah. etherical rudder. <laughs> God damn it. It's already stupid enough. It's already. It's already slender enough. Well, on that note. Speaking of things that are already slender enough. Wow. <laughs> Wedge is briefing the rogues on their mission to the Corvus Minor system. Overall, the system is unremarkable, but there's a Victory-class Star Destroyer aspiration on the fourth planet. Their target is a hollow moon on the fifth planet called Disna. They think Prince Emil Baby Bear may be building his pulsar station inside the moon or building it right into the surface, which, shout out Starkiller Base, I see you are not original. <laughs> hey, Starkiller Base is a planet, not a moon. I got so <laughs> mad at the book when I read that. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare Michael Stackpole bring up Starkiller Base already? <laughs> so they'll be sending in the Snoop Scoop to check it out. <laughs> I love I, the Snoop Scoop. I'm just so glad the word Snoop Scoop happened. Yep. I had to like read it a couple of times to make sure it wasn't just my Kindle glitching out on me. No, it's real. It's there. So it's there. good. I love it. It's real. I need to change my Twitter name to that. Yes. <laughs> A Corin named Nrin Vakil, a former rogue, will be flying Rogue Alpha for them. 
Is Nguyen from the comics or just a rando that's that probably from the comics. in here yeah. to kill him? I mean, probably what? from the comics. Yeah, probably when like Baron Sunterfell was also a rogue. Oh yeah, remember Baron Sunterfell? Doesn't matter because it wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't um, me. But you come in on the count. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, the rogues are not too worried about aspiration because a hyperspace jump from that short of a distance would be troublesome. And even if they do do it, the rogues could easily get to the other side of the moon and hyperspace away before they could do anything. It also wouldn't be able to quickly follow in their tracks. Hyperspace away! <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure hyperspace could be used in that sense. It's fine. The They're all practicing in The Sims. It sucks, but they're doing well enough that Nrin gets away in the Snoop Scoot. <laughs> in their last run, Gavin ends up staying behind to let the others make a break for him. A seer thinks he's taking it lightly, tells him to promise that he would leave her behind if her X-Wing fails and she's stuck there. She has been all in for that, honestly. Like, Gavin's, like, wiped out on the floor, and she's like, you don't die for me. And she's like, let me dig my claws into your leg right now. Yeah. Listen. Listen, boy. Do you think Bothans, wait, do Bothans have, like, retractable claws? Yes. Do you think they do that thing where they get them stuck on things and then can't get them back in again, and they just kind of, (laughs) like, have to try and get the thing off of them? Probably because they're dumb. I really (laughs) hope so. (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing. I'm so happy. (laughs) Nuren intervenes, telling her that she can't demand such a promise from him. He tells them about how he lost a Mon Cal rogue named Ibtissim, sure, the last time they fought against Prince Admiral Baby Bear at Citrus. If she had forced him to make such a promise then, it would have destroyed him. After that, he left the rogues and transferred to a training unit. He couldn't leave the New Republic altogether. It was too important of a cause, but he didn't want to fly in combat anymore, even though he had a few times against Thrawn. It's just easier to train pilots and not have to be around for their deaths, which, ooh, he's a party guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. I mean, yeah. what did you expect from a core named Grin Bakel? I mean, him and like Randface Min Bronos will probably be friends. <laughs> probably. Grin and Min. Oh, no. I love it. A seer asks if he's glad to be back with the rogues, and he says he is. It's a proud tradition, and not many pilots have an opportunity to ever come back. Because they all die. (laughs) (laughs) It's also not lost on him that he gets to fly against Prince Admiral Baby Bear again, hopefully to take him down. Wedge and Tycho are going over the results of The Sims, in their most successful run, they still lose five of the rogues. Tycho points out they're still doing much better than the computer projections say they should be doing, and Wedge comments that they're able to perform the mission within acceptable parameters in the worst case scenario. Wedge, no. <laughs> He's conforming. No, Wedge. Tycho is confused by the fancy talk, and Wedge explains the New Republic is basing all of their missions off the cost-benefit ratio. They can't have losses outside the acceptable amount. Of course, to Tycho, the acceptable amount of pilot loss is zero. Wedge agrees, but I mean, yes. (laughs) But the New Republic does not feel the same way. Ugh, the New Republic. Yeah. Tycho Tycho reassures Wedge that this is just a recon mission. They're not actually trying to take out the Pulsar Station on their own. But Wedge mentions Wiz basically called they'd be back to do exactly that within only a few days. The rugs are going back to back in the Sims. Oh, the rogues are going to go back to the Sims. 
practicing the worst case scenario until it becomes Prince Elmo Baby Bear's worst case, not theirs. Wedge's report to the Provisional Council is routed to Iceheart. She's happy to see she'll have the rogues right where she wants them. This was such a sinister ending to a chapter. It really like, was. I could totally picture this whole thing happening in a movie where it was like, Wedge made his report, and then a shadowy figure carried it from this person to this person to this person, and it ended <laughs> up in Isar's hands, and she steepled her fingers together because she had them exactly where she wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. Right. <laughs> Except yeah, through a, computer cues. That was a direct quote. <laughs> Mirax and Iella arrive back on the errant venture with Baz Corral, the man who helped them escape. Booster comes to greet them, and immediately they get into a fight. Mirax tells him that she's never been ashamed of him, never blamed him for things that went wrong. But while he was on Kessel for five years, she grew up and grew into her own person. She can make decisions and make plans and knows how the world works. Sending in Baz and his verpines might have put them in more danger. If she needs counsel or help, she'll ask for it, and she's not too proud, unlike somebody on this ship. (laughs) (laughs) Booster understands as much as he hates it. She'll always be his daughter, but it's time for him to come to terms with Mirax Tarek, the woman. He agrees that what he did was wrong, and he will not do something like that again. They make up, complete with a big hug, and Mirax and Iella rush them all off to figure out what's on that mysterious data file they managed to steal. That whole scene was like super stereotypical. I was so, rolling my eyes at Booster the entire time, but also it was kind of nice. It it's fine. It's like, oh, I guess there's someone else who like isn't a terrible dad, right? He's just a That's medium great. dad. Yeah, <laughs> just like most dads. Just yeah, like yeah, <laughs> you're all like right. An average dad. I mean, no one can compare to Bail Organa. Let's be real. Yeah. That's true. Can't compare to someone who's turned into Ash. Wow, wow. Danny. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You're banned. Yella and Mirax are pouring over the data. More than anything, it assures Yella that this is all a trap, that someone wants the rogues to go to Disna to fool them into thinking the Lusankia prisoners are there. Yella has tried to get a hold of them, but there's been no reply. Booster calls them up to the bridge. They're set to arrive an hour after the rogues were supposed to do their mission, which they don't know that. When they revert from hyperspace, they see a field of debris, mostly ties and their pilots, but they also see two bodies in orange flight suits. A green S-foil passes by the bridge and Mirax drops to her knees, knowing exactly who it belongs to. Booster orders everyone on the base to get out there and retrieve everything. All bodies, scraps, anything. Any survivor is worth 100k in credits. He's going to figure out what happened and then make them pay. This was such a sinister ending to the chapter. It was like a scene chapter. a horror movie where like there were just limbs of bodies floating through space. <laughs> That's so much worse. Yeah, Danny, that didn't, wow. that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it said that there were bodies floating around in their orange jumpsuits. Yeah. Yeah, just just your just your good old pal Wiz Jensen. I just imagined like <laughs> Corin's arm floating past and Mirax being like, I know that arm. It, well it isn't in that arm. Here, so Right. Like to be fair, Corin stands out. I guess. I would know that douchey arm from anywhere. <laughs> I'd recognize those daddy issues from miles away. 
You just see, like, the charm around his neck floating. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there it is. Is that arm screaming, Dad? <laughs> Corin? I cradled you in my arm. Oh my god. Wait, we'll get to Corin's dad later. Don't worry. <laughs> we, we, oh, we, we will. We always, we always will. We always do. <laughs> it always comes back to Corin's dad. <laughs> the rogues arrive at Disna. On Nren's first pass, He's unable to pick up any readings. He has to go closer because the storm distortion could hide anything. Three Flight is ordered to make sure their escape route is clear. Whistler alerts Corrin to incoming enemies, a squadron of TIEs, interceptors, and bombers. Reg reports the same thing coming from Disna, an entire wing deployed against them. Corrin realizes this is a trap. Oh, Corrin's so smart. Um, designed <laughs> I mean, to destroy the road. Corrin is and really good at identifying fly. traps. So so smart. I'm so glad he has that force ability. <laughs> if only he could identify them, you know, like a little bit earlier. Right. right. He's always, he's always a little bit late. <laughs> We've been captured. I know, it's a trap. <laughs> the enemy it's is like firing on us. Corin, like, what do you think? Full sight. <laughs> it's like a car of full sight, but it's actually three seconds behind. Yeah, oh, he's, no. he's just like a little delayed with everything. <laughs> uh, Corin, Darth Vader is slicing me in half. What do you think on this one? Mm, I think it's a trap. <laughs> Corin is like Danny's audio from last week's episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no. It's like slightly off, audio. a little delayed, kind of missing some things. <laughs> makes everyone no feel awkward. Oh no. Wow. Corin also figures out the rogues that the New Republic has a spy somewhere feeding Prince Amalberry Bear information. Uh, the New Republic. <gasps> it's M-Trade. Everybody already knew that, Corin. Everybody did. It's <laughs> again. She's just back. Zombie. I, mean, I started figuring this time it out. It's really m <laughs> Oh no! If it's not a Reese, it's probably her clone. It's definitely m Absolutely m Is m even around anymore? Yeah, he's feeding information to Prince Helma Baby Bear. Oh, right. That's why we haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah, he's busy. He's really Being a spy. Busy. He probably got, like, put in detention for keep having, like, skin masks. <laughs> like, uh, worrisome. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. Corrin preps three flight on the plan. They'll arm their torpedoes and focus on the interceptors, blow through the regular ties, and try to take out the bombers. Once they've cleared their enemies, they go out to help the rest of the rogues. They still have the job of keeping the escape route open. Space battle! Pew, pew, pew! Which things do not go well, especially for Corrin. I mean, you say especially for Corrin, but I think it might be especially for other people. Well, I mean, Corrin just always gets knocked out first. <laughs> yeah. Like, Again, for with all the delayed his, reactions. For, yeah, for like all of his, like, we're gonna do this. I'm such a good pilot. Corsac, blah blah pew, blah. Pew, pew. Like always gets like knocked out of the battle first. Yeah. How is he not died yet? Honestly. Of course. Corin gets hit hard. Nice. And is dead <laughs> in the water. He watches a seer fly like an MFN champ until she collides with an interceptor, ruining her shields and sending her far away from the planet. No. <sighs> Two mysterious squadrons arrive. Interloper and Stranger Squadrons. Alright. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> and TIE Defenders, which apparently have three little wings. They wipe out the rest of the enemy forces and invite the rogues to travel safely with them 
and they are able to make hyperspace jumps and track through the crippled X-Wings like Corrin's. They did look for survivors, but could t- could detect no signals. I love your condescension towards the TIE Defender. <laughs> you think I really- oh, look at you with your three wings! I like wings. how you like, waited there for one of us to like step in, and none of us were willing to. <laughs> no one wanted You're to defend like- them with their little three three little wings. Three little arms. They kind of look like a Pokemon, like the the Pokemon that's like the bunch of magnets stuck together. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Whatever. That's. That's what I am. Magnemite. Magnemite, yeah. Oh my god, they are really ugly. <laughs> See? They're not, like, great. <laughs> they're like weird scorpions. With, like, really big nippers. What? <laughs> with with nippers. Definitely not nippers. <laughs> Most people say claws. The claws. Or pinchers if you must. (laughs) Never nippers. Never nippers. (laughs) Don't they nip with? They nip with them. No, they don't. They grab things at best. I hope you don't. I hope you don't just make the nipping thing with my hand. Try and prove my point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm going to refer to them always as nippers now. (laughs) Oh, you can eat crab nippers. (laughs) <laughs> oh no keep going keep going with the podcast. Fine. <laughs> oh gosh so overall the rogues have had four casualties key g slee which i'm actually really upset about i that okay i'm pretty sure i, I get <laughs> and also the next one and um lur zatog oh, good riddance we hardly knew you lur <laughs> sure did never knew lur a seer, which we all saw, oh. and Liz Jensen. Oh no! This is the part where my eyes started to squint a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, this actually- "Hmm." I had this moment of like, "There's no way Wiz can die," and then I realized that I didn't actually know of his existence beyond this book, and then I really started to doubt everything. <laughs> everything I'm you knew was pretty around. sure Brian and Nancy have talked about its existence after this book. I can't remember like any specific instances to prove that, so I was like staring at it like, did Wiz actually just die? Is this one of the big things that they've been hiding from us all this time? We do hide a lot of things from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. But I mean, what a surprise that the two characters we barely saw <laughs> both died. Hey! Kiji Slee had like a whole three pages! Yeah, Kiji Slee <laughs> was in about- our dramatic reading. <laughs> We learned That's about true. mating rituals. Yeah. That was, I will miss Kiji Slee. I'm going to miss yeah. Lur. You did not have enough opportunities to say that name. Lur. Lur Zatog. Lur Zatog. <laughs> Do we know what species Lur was? Uh, I bet I could Rod- look at it. Rodian. Another Rodian? Uh, they should just not be pilots. I- <laughs> wow, Danny. I can't believe this Wow. I mean, they're two out of two, like, yeah, for death. Two for two. Not living long enough to have any character development whatsoever. Like, that's a not a good percentage. Yeah. Corn can't believe Wiz is gone. But the back of his X-Wing was hit and he could see the body floating dead in space. <laughs> Great. Yikes. The rogues have no idea who they are. But Stranger Squadron is nice Enough for now. Why'd you highlight that? If they do turn on them, hopefully they'll be in better shape to defend themselves. Back on his sinister moon, Prince Emil Baby Bear watches Mon Mothma talk about Rogue Squadron. 
There's no reports of them surviving the confrontation, but neither are they outright saying Rogue Squadron has been destroyed. Because they hadn't been able to recover any debris of their or the, of their um, surviving fighters, Iceheart assumes that it was Booster who came in and cleared up all of the rogues. The Imperials or another warlord would have bragged about killing them, because, obviously. But because Booster is friendly with the New Republic, he would have passed on any news of survivors, and the New Republic would have immediately reported on it. Because they haven't, she believes she's been successful in killing them all. Lady Gaga's and Pretzel Baby Bear's actions have done a good job sowing seeds of distrust between the New Republic and the people, but Prince Animal Baby Bear knows not to trust her. Now the rogues have been destroyed and she'll need a new goal, probably taking over his hegemony. He's learning enough about politics that soon she'll outlive her usefulness, and then he'll probably kill her. Sounds about right. Prince Animal Baby Bear is out in the middle of space with his interdictor, Binder. So creative. Like, what? Is anybody saying anything? Was Paperclip taken? <laughs> I mean, is it really the, th- the first thing you thought of when it came to Binder there? Sorry, I What is happening? Hey. <laughs> Hello. Did what, you unplug your headphones happened? there? I sure did. <laughs> nice. We were just making fun of Binder. Oh yeah, Binder. Yes. D- Danny was confused about it not being paperclip or something. <laughs> or like three-hole punch. <laughs> Imagine that ship, the three-hole punch. Stapler. <laughs> I think three-hole punch is a great name for a ship, to be honest. It actually is pretty good. Yeah, pew, pew, pew. Like, what if you had like three mega good. cannons, right? <laughs> the three-hole punch. I would legit do that, honestly. <laughs> it's really good. It's actually really good. It's good. <laughs> I wish I had that staples that was easy button right now. I would press it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They end up pulling a large New Republic supply run to Lemonade 3 out of hyperspace and disable all of the ships. Prince Animal Baby Bear shows that he can learn and he doesn't always need to kill everybody and tells his troops to offer safe passage back to the New Republic to survivors as long as they promise not to fly during the duration of the war against the hegemony. Okay, so just so we're clear, Prince Admiral Baby Bear is working with Iceheart, but then he's going to kill her when he's done. And Iceheart is working with Prince Admiral Baby Bear, but then she's going to kill him when she's done. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Wait, there's more. So villainous. Oh, wow. Much villainy. Wedge is led through a secret base with Colonel Broke Bessery, who I guess I have a crush on. They what? still don't Why? know who they're dealing with. I don't know. I just, from this one chapter, I'm like, oh, he's my type. I mean, yeah, Vessery really gets my blood going, too, I guess. I mean, to be fair, actually, I got a weird crush on him, too, during this chapter. Right? So what? I actually understand. Why? So, so nice, but also with, like, absolutely murder everybody. Yeah. But, like, only in a way where it's appropriate. I, it's just. Where are you getting and all I He literally just, like, like walks down a really hallway. Like, I imagine he's really, like, deep, kind of, like, southernish voice as well. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm revealing too much about myself. Let's keep going. Like, really broad shoulders. Just. Yeah, real broad shoulders. He's, he's thick. He's Cowboy thick. hat? He's thick. <laughs> he's thick. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> we're making, there may not be enough trash in these chapters, but we're making it for ourselves. We're making, we're making our own trash. <laughs> Garbage shark. Uh, 
They still don't know who they're dealing with, but the colonel is leading Wedge to meet their leader. Broke apologizes for not being able to get there sooner, but Wedge brushes it off. They got there at all, which saved everyone currently on that base. Broke reminds him that the person they're about to meet was responsible for their rescue, so keep an open mind. Inside the room is Isard, older, more weathered, but no less dangerous. So this is because he, because Stackpole described this Isard as like being older and less attractive. Please know that this is a different Isard from the Isard that Prince Emma Baby Bear is dealing with. I mean, who was still slender, yes, and attractive. Yes, that handsome. Handsome is the word they always use for her. So handsome! What a handsome woman! Handsome woman. They quip, of course, which I because they've never actually met for all of the years that they were enemies. They've never met each other. And, and upon she said, laying eyes on each other for the first time, they fell madly in love. Oh no! She just tells Wedge, "I expected you to be taller," and he responds with, "I expected you to be dead." <laughs> Which, nice ledge. So good. Nice. It turns out that Lady Gaga is a clone. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe this shit. I love that you prepared us for this multiple episodes ago and we had no idea. (laughs) We thought you were joking. (laughs) Oh, you can never tell what I'm being joking about. I love that Lady Gaga is an actual different character from Ice Heart. I love this so much. So, Lady Gaga was taught to believe she's the real Iceheart. But when Iceheart figured out that she might lose against the Rose, she activated the clone, Lady Gaga, and convinced her to take over the rest of her plans on Typhara, while she scattered the Lusankia prisoners. It was always her intention to go back and kill the clone, but Wedge's success meant that she didn't have that opportunity. I just, I can't help but feel like (laughs) the Thrawn trilogy came out, and everyone loved it, and then this book is like, well, let's take the thing from the Thrawn trilogy and apply it to our less interesting villain. <laughs> I love just everything about this. It's just so stupid <laughs> and so good. Just the fact that she like, I don't trust anyone else but me, so I made another me. <laughs> to do this not even like that important job. Like, wouldn't you think? It's just because she wanted to be petty. Like, yeah. the and then she was like, and then she has the problem that the rogues weren't good enough to kill her own clone. And now she's it, got her own clone. Oh my god, that's like, so dumb. Like you, can't, like, you didn't fail, so like I didn't win and kill my clone, and then you weren't good enough to kill my clone, and I have to do everything myself. It's a real comedy of errors leading to this point. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow, Lady Gaga, the clone, survived, and now she's working with Prince Elmo Baby Bear, still believing that she is the original Iceheart. <laughs> what if this Iceheart Lady Gaga also collected all the Lusankia survivors onto Citrus. Isard wants to be allies. She, like every woman as they age, just wants to be left alone. (laughs) Sure. If she can offer the rogues the means of taking down Prince Amla Baby Bear, she thinks, um, I don't, I do not complete that sentence. If she can offer the rogues the means of taking down Prince Amla Baby Bear, she kind of assumes that the New Republic will be like, oh, all right, we won't try you as a war criminal and murder you. Like, you can just be over here in your secret planet lair doing you. <laughs> That's fine. I appreciate that she's, like, smart enough to at least not try and get something out of it, except for just please just leave, leave me, me alone. alone. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that's her idea of, like, a nice retirement, is to just, like, live in an evil lair in peace. 
I mean, she's got what's-his-face there. Vissery? I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. Colonel Brooke Vissery? I'd go on a secret layer with him. Cowboy boots. I do like those colonels. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. We are revealing way too much about ourselves. Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> this one character. Damn you, Vissery. character with, like, six lines. <laughs> it's just, not episode 69 for nothing. I just don't it's understand. Just- <laughs> The way he puts his hand on Wedge's shoulder as he answers him, I don't know. It's <laughs> good. It's just good, Denny. It's just good. I ship rare pairs. Like, I take everything from very small things. Anyway. Whew. She tells Wedge that everyone thinks the rogues are dead, so they can use that to their advantage. She has already broken through the, their security, and that it was actually her secret base they stumbled upon on, on Lemonade 3. She planted it there to get them to Disna faster when she wanted, so she could send Broke to the rescue. This whole time, I just thought that Isad, or Lady Gaga rather, was just being really cunning in how she was lying to Prince Emerald Baby Bear. This whole time, she just didn't know shit. She had no idea. <laughs> she didn't know and what was love- actually going on. I love that Iceheart's reasoning was like, I figured her out because I knew how I would think. That's one way to do it. <laughs> but then how come Lady Gaga hasn't figured out that she has a clone? Because wouldn't she think that, like, oh, maybe it's safe for me to have a clone? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But she doesn't, because she thinks he's, she's the original. So she would have yes. remembered making a clone if she yes. thought she had a clone. So yeah. that's the thing. That's what's getting her. Maybe she only has one clone. Who knows? <laughs> which we'll assume his Colonel Roat disguise, which... Remember when Aracy and Corrin's were super gross undercover? Yeah. Yeah, back then. And they will take two squadrons of Tide Defenders to Citrus in the guise of signing over to fight for Prince Admiral Baby Bear. Once they're in, they can tear up the place. Isart requests they get rid of her clone as well, and they agree that they really only need one of them running around. (laughs) When... They are ready for the attack. She'll allow Wedge to communicate with the New Republic so they can sync up an attack. Not before then, because she knows that there are leaks, which everybody knows there are leaks. Corrin, you're not that smart. <laughs> I like how, like, yeah, he's, he's basically, like, calling out Corrin in the narrative here. <laughs> like, three chapters ago, Corrin's like, oh my gosh, there's leaks. And then here, Iceheart and Wedge are like, we both know there's leaks. Like, obviously yeah. there's leaks. There are always, always leaks. There's always yeah. leaks. That's why you go directly to Akbar or directly to the Elder Kraken. Wedge asks what would happen if he didn't cooperate, and Brock puts his hand on Wedge's shoulder and says yeah. that his squadron will go instead, but with much less blood, but with much more bloodshed. Ooh. Look at this guy go. Get down, baby. needs to be taken down. Get that baby bear. We need to get him. Oh my god. Wedge knows that she has ulterior motives, but he doesn't know what yet. At least he can be on his guard, and so he puts Rogue Squadron at her disposal. No, Wedge, no. <laughs> it's fine. Bad Don't wedge. worry about it. I'm sure we can all trust Izad now. She's very trustworthy. She has never betrayed anyone in her life. Absolutely. Especially not herself. Especially not herself. <laughs> oh, jeez. What if this so is why clone? isn't it I Isard or I saw Ard? Because she doesn't know she's born. Also that. Oh really? They don't get the second vowel unless they're self-aware. Um, I think maybe she just was like, "That's stupid," and didn't do it. 
<laughs> I mean, it might be a bit obvious if this Izard was going around calling herself Izard. People might get a sense of it not being quite like, right. Wait, didn't we have a Luke recently? What was his deal again? <laughs> what was that about him? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let's not do that again. Cornhorn, a pilot, finds Gavin and sits with him, even though he'd much rather be left alone. It's like I started that way. Yeah. He should be in mourning right now, but Corrin has to do what he does best, make it about himself. (laughs) After offering some worthless trite platitudes, he starts off talking about how his dad died, which I almost forgot how his dad died for like a hot second there. (laughs) I bet Gavin, the moment he like knew Corn was there, saw this coming. He was like, "I have to prepare myself for hearing about Corn's dad's death again." Like we all know how Hal Horn died in your arms, Corn. Can we just read? I just want to read. Don't want to read the paragraph. No, it's just. I mean, it's just so funny because Corn literally goes, "Wait, now is not the time to make it about me." So it's like, oh, (laughs) character growth, and then he immediately says. Gavin, I know what you're going through. For example, when my father died. <laughs> like, I... Corin, no, you literally... No. I had to watch a training for work that was about, like, being empathetic. And, oh like, the number one thing was, don't make it about yourself. <laughs> was it the one with the bear that falls yeah. in the hole? No. Uh, that's oh, that's the one we watched at my work. No, this was much less entertaining. Oh. oh. I'll send you that one sometime. You may like it. Yeah, that'd be great. Corin moves on to tell Gavin about how his mom died, which, oh, great. Also, Yay. have have we heard anything about Corin's mom before? Not only mm-hmm. that she wasn't around. Because he yeah. describes her death, and it's like, how are you not dwelling on this all the time? Because <laughs> she didn't die Because it's just as traumatic. Because she wasn't his dad. <laughs> she wasn't also in Corsac. She wasn't a man. <laughs> there it is. Only men's feelings <laughs> matters. <laughs> anyway. So Corrin has only ever told Iella about it. He hasn't even told Mirak. What? what? You should probably not keep things like that from your wife. Probably <laughs> not. Also, how did that she, never come up? Right. Hey, Corrin, what happened to your mom? Because, like, Mirak's mom isn't around. <laughs> right. <laughs> he thinks these two have not communicated as enough as they probably should have at this point. Surely you jest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's see. She was in a speeder accident. And when Hal Horn and Corrin arrived at the hospital, she just continued living on normally. When she shut her eyes for the last time, she was as surprised as, any, as anyone that she would not open them again. I'm sure she was super surprised about that. Right. Her, so what Corrin is trying to was say, surprised. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what Corrin is trying to say is that, guess what? You're going to be hurting forever. But yes. <laughs> eventually, eventually... You'll remember more good things than bad things. You just have to, like, keep living. I straight up, just, if Corin, if anybody had said something like that to me after my mom died, I probably would have dicked him. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, this is very far from helpful advice. I, I'm yeah, very but- impressed you even got that, Meg, because, like, I just read what Corin said and was like, I need a translator here. <laughs> yeah, that's what- this that's is just, like, 100% bro. It's just, let's make it about me, Cornhorn. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Gavin is too nice and too 19 to, like, hit Corrin. <laughs> he is, yeah. His goatee is quivering. <laughs> Why did his goatee quiver? Do goatees quiver? <laughs> I didn't have to bring it up! Had what to be reminded. 
I should have to break it up. Because there was literally a point where it was pointed out that his goatee was quivering, and I just needed everyone to share in the pain. Yeah, it was... Mike have to break it up. Why would you ever write that line? Right? Like, it's been, like, four solid chapters since we've had to hear about his goatee. Like, it didn't have to be there anymore. People have only simply forgotten. He's really proud of his goatee. Just let him have this. Oh. It's as close as he'll ever be to becoming a boffin. Oh. I hope he he shaves it off in mourning. Me too. Which, like, haircuts and stuff is a thing that, like, some cultures do when they're trying to get over, like, a breakup or losing a loved one. So, yeah. Yeah, just shave that goatee. Yep. A series to touch this goatee. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna get her claws stuck in it all the time. (laughs) She freaking would have. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's upsetting. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is, like, the one... Let me read, like, the one, like, nice thing that Corin ever said. (laughs) So, Gavin is talking about how when Lou Jane died, he kept wondering if he could have saved her. And he's just going to think the same thing about Asir. And so Corin says in response for once, but let me tell you, Asir was wondering if she, what she could do to save us. She was magnificent out there, Gavin flying beyond herself. All of us knew we were in a hopeless situation, but she understood it and rejected it. It was as though she stopped being a flesh and blood pilot and became flight and fight and death all rolled into one. We didn't fail her nor she us, but some obscure rule of the universe broke her ship and granted her back in reality. She was truly stellar, and after that performance, I don't know what, I don't know that there was any way for her to return to just being mortal. Dang. Yeah, that's like the nicest thing you could ever say about a pilot. Yeah. I also, life goal to be described as flight, fight, and death. Seriously. That is some cool stuff. I'm proud of Corrin just for this one thing. Like, everything else he said up to this point has kind of erased the goodwill that comes from this, but I'm still proud of him. <laughs> so proud of you. Good job, Corrin. You pulled it together for, like, one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So Gavin is afraid the Bothans will twist a seer into another one of their martyrs. He knew her better than anyone, and in their private moment, she didn't have to be a Bothan hero and didn't have to be a pilot. When they talked about their future, she lit up. Corin says Gavin still has that in his future, but right now, Gavin is too hurt to even think about that, to feel like he even has a future. They're interrupted by Whistler, pissed off that a tech is going to put a restraining bolt on him. Corin pulls out his lightsaber and just threatens everybody. Okay, this was another time when I super respected Corin because same. Yeah. Until Wedge steps in and tells him that this is non-negotiable and fills him a little bit on the plan, but leaves out the part where this is also them working with Isar. Probably smart. (laughs) Yeah, imagine telling Corrin that. With his lightsaber in hand ready to slice open everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Good Uh, idea, Wedge. I just imagine the rest of the squadron like rolling their eyes at this and just being like, oh, he's got his lightsaber out again. You put it away. <laughs> Someone shouts. You're not a Jedi. You you said so several chapters ago. <laughs> you keep reminding us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Corin relents and puts the bolt on himself and gives the tech one last threat that he's going to be 
heartless if anything happens to Whistler. Which, he does it in, like, the most condescending manner ever of, like, tapping the lightsaber under his chin. I just, that was kind of, like, a confusing little thing there because the guy said, I'm not a monster, and then Corrin was like, you will be if you hurt Whistler as, like, a threat. And I was like, what? I don't, your threat it doesn't entirely will, work. It means Corrin will literally carve out his heart. Because he says, I'm not a heartless monster. We're not all heartless monsters. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was trying to tell him he'd make him a monster. And I was like, what? No, Corrin will literally carve out his heart with his lightsaber if anything happens to Whistler. Wow, buddy. Okay. I know. Much. Like, it's really intense. Fair. Res- like, respect for protecting your droid. Yeah. Yeah. After he just left him in a tree on the last planet. So. <laughs> it comes and goes. Borsk is waiting uh... to meet with Booster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had returned immediately to Coruscant with the salvage of the fight and a sole survivor, Wiz Jensen. Why does no one know about this? Because well, that's a secret. Yeah, and also, like, none of the rogues are there to know. Also, Wiz doesn't need to know. It's fine. Back to Aang. Don't worry about it. Borsk wants Booster to go back to Disna to look for survivors. They managed to bring the, back the body of Lur, but not a Sears. Booster assumes they all went out in a literal blaze of glory by falling into the nearby sun. <laughs> Which, dang. Well, what Borisk actually wants is really just any Bothan body. Asir's monument is empty, and Borisk hints that a man of Booster's resources and capabilities will be able to find one for him. This is so gross. <laughs> Super Like, gross. and this is Borisk we're talking about. Yeah. Mm. Like, even it is this is a new not, not great not great Borsk. let's see so booster being a very calm smart businessman gets up and grabs borsk and slams him into the bulkhead twice yeah yes booster 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 oh he punches him in the gut yeah yeah <laughs> butt him in the head and literally Throws him back in the hangar bay. Nice. Nice. Good. So good. Booster is the new hero of the New Republic. He's a hero we all need. He scolds him for asking someone else to do his dirty work after all of his talk about martyrs. Booster also says that, I can't say that I can't be bought, but I can't be bought by the likes of you. When I... How low you gotta go. Do you remember where you were the first time that you read about Boris getting punched in the face? I was I on do. a plane back from Japan. Nice. I was making tea, and I just danced around my kitchen a little bit. And this was before I knew you could, like, do things, like, buy Wi-Fi on a plane. And so I just kept, I just remembered thinking that, like, I want to tweet about this. I, I want I want to tweet about this book. <laughs> I, have, I have, like, three hours until I can tweet about it. Oh, that's hell. Yeah, that's rough. Booster makes one final comment, how disgusting it is that he could consider concealing some low life into a Sears tomb, which, truth, that's the tea. I, I was hoping briefly that he was going to use Borsk's body for it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It would have been so good. <laughs> no. Borsk has some work to do in the New Jedi Order. Damn it. Yeah. Sorry. Borsk has a very brief moment of self-awareness where he's like, wait. Is the thing that I said actually really crappy? <laughs> Am I bad? <laughs> Did I do something wrong? No, then, that's not all possible. Of his, 
<laughs> yeah, all of his inherent, like, terribleness just pushed it right away. And he leaves, promising Booster that he won't forget this. Yella comes over to Booster, warning him that he probably done effed up. Borsk is the type to take his enemies very seriously, and anyone even remotely associated with Booster will now be on his it list. Booster just shruggy emoticons about it. <laughs> Not be concerned. Basically. We also get the surprise, the hint of surprise, which this really couldn't mean anything else, but Asir is alive! Woo! Woo! She finished her last Bacta treatment, but she doesn't remember anything about the events of Disna, but she does remember everything else, including her last meeting with Borsk. Oh, I'm so glad she's alive. I was so scared. I was hoping it would be Lur, personally. I'm so glad that you didn't, like, in this bunch of chapters before this chapter. Because yeah. <laughs> we would have gone like, an entire week thinking she was dead. That was such a satisfying ending to, like, that set of chapters. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, so I was I was skeptical of her death, and if we hadn't read this last part, I probably would have started to be less skeptical. But it just felt like her story wasn't over yet. I probably would have continued my, like, the thing I had with Bro, where I was like, nah, she's alive. We didn't see the body, she's alive. Yeah, yep. Bro. Yeah. Bro. But that's kind of what I was going what? with. Bro was alive. Bro was alive. I was right about that. Well, speaking of, <laughs> Lou Jane totally got a shout out in these chapters. Yeah. I know, I was so happy. Gavin doesn't forget Lou Jane. Yeah. Gavin, like, this is why I love people. that boy. He's so, he's so sweet. He's so he's 90s. so good. Quivering goatee and all. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> he should lose that. He should definitely lose that. Alright, listener questions? Yeah. yeah. Last week, we asked, if you were a supervillain, how would you modify the Death Star to make your ultimate super weapon? And we got a ton of responses, so strap yourselves in. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Sarah G said, I would add hollow screens projecting videos of lost cats so cute no one would be able to bring themselves to attack. Oh, The Dork Knight, who I believe is Greg, am I right yeah, about that? Okay. It's our beluga friend. Everyone keeps changing their display names, so I have no idea who anyone is on Twitter anymore. Anyway. Greg said my Death Star would be called the Punishment Orb. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it would be... A gravity well generator so powerful that it can fling planets out of their orbit and into the void. <laughs> what void? Or, the no, void. You the need void. to get a better marketing team, Greg. Punishment <laughs> orb. The punishment orb into the void. That is definitely a bedroom toy. Let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> punishment orb. <laughs> that is, that oh, is not no. A oh no. Oh dear. Put it on the shelf next to the Devastator. <laughs> oh no, and the Nightcaller. <laughs> the Nightcaller. The Ravager. Razor's kiss. <laughs> oh. Okay, <laughs> moving on. The worst kind of kiss is a Razor's kiss. I thought it would be a Bothan's kiss. I'm just going to start reading the next answer. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Ben said, instead of firing lasers, my Death Star would fire beams that polymorph my enemies into adorable woodland creatures like Lothcats. Like a theme going on here. Yeah, that's two Lothcat, Lothcat mentions already. Tom said, I would put a big hinge on the back and trade the laser for kyber-powered hydraulics and have the whole thing open up like Pac-Man and chomp. Everything. <laughs> I love it I mean... so much. Just imagine if you're on Alderaan... 
but instead of a laser coming out, it just suddenly starts going waka 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 waka, <laughs> and then just <laughs> and then just darkness. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Hassan said, my Death Star will be modified to have ion cannons and gravity wells to take out any opposition right then and there. Hassan took this very seriously. So, so yeah. efficient. Hassan wants to win. Say, yeah. Hassan might be an actual supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us are all just like super creative types. Like, put speakers on it! <laughs> <laughs> Give it a funny hat! <laughs> <laughs> Still said, Death Star exterior is reflective, so it's a massive disco ball in space for space dancing. Yeah, Imperials now, now are back. definitely, <laughs> yeah, back on brand. <laughs> Imperials <laughs> are definitely into disco. Also, state secret, Tarkin is space Michael Jackson. Oh. Oh, wow. Uh, still sent a second answer. I would paint the Death Star orange and give it a massive BB-8 head. All the laser yeah. operators would have to wear Poe Dameron jackets while blowing up planets. Oh, no. <laughs> There's something weird about that one. Yeah. Oh, damn wrong, I'm going to do that. And Syl also sent one that she says Danny will have to edit out, but I think it's fine. No, he won't. <laughs> you don't want me to? No, I won't have to edit it out. Okay, yeah, I didn't think that. <laughs> He's like, sure, will not. At this point in the episode. <laughs> For the revenge Your children's of brains have already been corrupted. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> episode 69. Woo! For the revenge of Lord Admiral... Admiral Fan Fiction, clone of Fan. <laughs> there are two, it's a reading, there are two A's read and Fan. It's a yep. reading joke. Yep. <laughs> the Death Star is eggplant-shaped purple. It vibrates and is at least a foot long. <laughs> at least. <laughs> the Death really Star. That is one of those tiny Death Stars. That's a tiny Death Star, but a big something else. and still sent one more lots of answers from still this one um is a self-proclaimed pandering answer the star looks like a yam so it alarms all the safs the people of safalor the intercom is a voice changer to make all the imps sound like hohas that would genuinely be terrifying (laughs) not the yam Not the yam. Oh no, not the yam. Imagine just Oas's voice coming through every time somebody talks. Scylla's really into produce-shaped Death Stars. Yeah. Imagine, like, talking and saying, give me fire when ready, but it's Oas. <laughs> do it, Seth. Do it, Seth. Oh, God, can I? Don't make us imagine, you... just do it. Okay, okay. You may fire when ready! Actually, <laughs> that sounded pretty similar to Tarkin, actually. <laughs> I was, I was doing my best talking to persuasion there, yeah. Did we just, did we just discover we something? We just cracked this one wide open. Tarkin <laughs> oh. is Hohas, confirmed. What the new trilogy's about. Oh my god. <laughs> Hang on, I have to treat Tarkin as Hohas, confirmed from our account before I forget it. <laughs> Alright, where were we? Ian Miller said, I would make a tweet star with tweet interceptors launching off of a tweet deck. That's clever, actually. And the Tweet Emperor would fire the Super Chat Laser. That's pretty good. It's terrifying. Jay said, my Death Star would have a grand ball... Ugh, Jay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so typical. My Death Star would have a grand ballroom where everyone would show off their Kaibal crystal jewelry and outfits. Coincidentally, the Super Laser thing doesn't work anymore. Oops. Oh, this Imperial's gone soft. 
Oh, I do. He's always just been about the flashy. Yeah, yeah. Grand ballroom. (laughs) Amy said, I would arm my Death Star with a squadron of badass, non-slender female pilots. Their fierceness in battle would be matched only by the circumferences of their non-slender waists. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Yes. Good. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) Mika said, I would make my Death Star's laser charge laser change color at random so I could play a little guessing game while murderizing people. <laughs> also, I'd change all of the hall with glass to have a better view. Q Krennix, oh, it's beautiful. My God. Mika, are you also a yeah. super? <laughs> Mika, are you, Mika, are you okay? <laughs> Dinner leader said I would put lots of gardens and waterfalls and big space windows on my Death Star so when the X-Wings flew by and saw everyone having fun, they would really not want to blow it up. Come on in, Wedge. The water's fine. <laughs> really funny. Just make it seem like this really cool place where people are just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, it's super chill in here. This isn't murderizing anybody. What? You're just like super FOMO when you fly past and you're trying yeah, to leave. Like, oh, yes, we are. Like, they just need death to like boring time. Come on <laughs> in. Come on. Our good friends at Comics with Kenobi said vent shaft covers that lock. Good plan. Very efficient. (laughs) Practical. Elaine said, the power to suck the energy from suns and wait. Oh, Elaine. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Michael with some LOLs at the end of his name. Oh, no, read that properly. Yeah, read that properly, Heath. Michael, lol, 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 lol. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) A bridge that looked like a BB-8 droid head that floated on top of the Death Star. Nice. Brian Novick, hey, Daredevil, said, more porgs. <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> Great. All right. Great. Glistening pecs said thousands of glistening porgs with glistening pecs. <laughs> Actually, that one. Now imagine a really buff it's porg. It's an image I've theory. had a hard time getting out of my head ever I'm since gonna I... <laughs> I'm going to It's going to be good. I mean, I'm imagining I miss- Tarkin's, like, fantasy of, like, a bunch of super buff dudes working out in the Death Star gym. But instead, they're porgs. Who's fantasy? <laughs> yeah, why, why is that Tarkin's fantasy? What? What headcanons do you have about Tarkin? Is that's, that Grandma Tarkin? That's straight out of from a certain point of view, y'all. What? What? I need to read this book. I read that book, but I don't remember. Okay, I made up, I made up the gym part. Okay. okay. Okay, keep going, keep going. Okay. Oh, yeah, you have to lose him, don't you? Yeah. Nancy said it would definitely be modified to have... The Dat Boy meme projected, yes. ver- projected whenever it arrives at a new planet. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Here comes Dat Super Weapon. So good. So good. <laughs> oh shit, what up? <laughs> at Wide Awake 1981 said external ratios. Also smart. Practical. Also smart. <laughs> Spitfire said I'd make it shoot silly string and when it explodes, candy and lollies go everywhere. The ultimate pinata. That's good. <laughs> Much better. Uh, these like a random practical answers just kind of scattered amongst the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Lots of> garbage. <laughs> Rebels, Rebels said Jar Jar Death Ray. It's like a normal Death Ray, but before it blows up your planet, it says Misa Blast You. <laughs> Cole said, From a distance, it looks just like a normal Death Star, but it's actually made up of millions of nano Death Stars. Each would have their <laughs> own nano super laser and be commanded by a nano Tarkin. <laughs> A chorus of, you may fire when ready. <laughs> oh my god! Hey. That's so cute! 
<laughs> I love this so much. It's like a little tiny Tarkin. Oh, oh my God. that is kind of cute. <laughs> Sean Loftus said cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that answer. <laughs> I mean, Sean, I'm just going to say nothing we have read suggests that the original Death Star did not have cup holders. But cup holders we can more, more cup holders. If if they weren't there, it's definitely a necessary addition. Hold my Mountain Dew. You may fire one ready. <laughs> fire one ready, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> fire it. Ben Newton said instead of kyber crystals, it'd be powered by eggplant emojis. Good. Oh, how how? Don't don't question it. Don't. Why is that the one you questioned, Danny? Yeah, Danny, yeah. Danny, it's a space fantasy. It's fine. <laughs> Ben with an Ben with a Y said it's exactly the same as the Death Star, but instead of kyber crystals, it's powered by the vitriol of the Bring Back Legends movement. Oh the super God. laser is focused through one very angry fanboy <laughs> screaming about Reddit. <laughs> that seems really personal. Yeah. Ben with a Y, this is so good. Yeah, Ben Ben has seen some stuff recently. Oh, I think. Andy Kinsler says, whatever the space version of espresso is, it needs a that machine. <laughs> yeah, that would be Espacaf. Espacaf, yeah. Soph said, I would shrink it to roughly the same size and shape of the Sun Crusher. Yes. <laughs> Melissa said, I'd have the Super Laser replaced with a library, maybe a holodeck. Calling it a super weapon is far too drastic when I could destroy entire economies with a good theme park. <laughs> oh, also a super villain. <laughs> Suara said, as the equivalent of environmentalist poison ivy in the, sci- in the Star Wars universe, I would modify the kyber energy to power the growth of plant and animal life to overtake planet civilizations. Specifically, <laughs> beans would thrive the most. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's repeatedly talking at one of us in particular. Yep. That, right. Suara, that, are you really the, he's com- he's coming the poison ivy of the that. Star Wars universe? I, really, that's the Probably. part we're questioning here. Nothing beats a good Nerf burger, Suara. That's all I have to say. Same. (laughs) Body Uh, Positive J said, I'd have it powered by the rage of Meg. Um, Would feel by someone claiming Milo Ron is a better pilot than Wedge and Chili's. Yeah, you'd get really mad if someone said that. I'd be really mad. I'm mad that you even suggested that someone would think that, to be honest. Like, who thought that? Did someone say that? Solid, Milo solid plan. That. Yeah, no one thinks that. And let's hope it continues. Say it to my face. Like. <laughs> <laughs> say it to my face. <laughs> and finally, Dark Sapien said, I'd put a TIE Defender Elite Factory inside and Thrawn in command of the whole thing. Good plan. Damn. So many serious answers and a bunch of non-serious answers. I love this so much. I wonder which ones we will give listening voties to. Please. Ben with a Y. Has to like be Ben with a Y. Ben with ben a with Y, y. definitely needs one. Ben with a Y. You can put it next to his one from the screaming yeah. in the tops of trees answer. <laughs> ben with a Y is such a good answer sometimes. Oh my god, and that's still my favorite. Definitely Nancy. Definitely Nancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, there was another one. What was it? What was it? <laughs> the listening oh, Pac Man. Man. Oh yeah, the Pac Man one. Oh yeah. Tom. That's great. Wagga, 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 wagga. You can have a glistening Pac Man. <laughs> And <laughs> so many things. Also, Amy with the non-standard female pilots. Yes, awesome. These are so good, friends. Nice work, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And 
week. I love that question for next week. <laughs> yeah. For our next question. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how to pronounce this name. Broke Vessery. Okay. What is your super sexy headcanon about Broke Vessery? Colonel Broke Vessery. Sexy McSexington, if you prefer. Colonel. <laughs> I need a week. Well, yeah, I need time to think about Well, this. you get two weeks. So. McBreamy. Yeah. Make it good. Oh, I'm going to write a fic. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh my god. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. In. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up. We'll be back in two weeks answer, to answer, to listen to your answer to this question. Uh, find us at Rogue Podron on Twitter at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. And subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away radio feed on iTunes, the True Feed Burner, or Google Play. And also, leave us reviews, leave us nice ratings. We love it, and we love you when you do that, but not otherwise. <laughs> not otherwise. <laughs> nice reviews. We haven't had right. many reviews to read lately, and we know you're listening because we got a lot of responses this week. So put some of that energy into a review. We really appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Two weeks from now. Two weeks. We'll do X-Wing, Isar's Revenge, chapters 25 through 32. It's actually eight chapters this time rather than six, but some of them are very small. So with that... Just like this is the Brooke. eggplant Death Star. Yeah. Yes. It's like the Nano Tarkin. It's, it's a Nano Tarkin. Some of the chapters are Nano Tarkin. <laughs> with that, this is Rogue Podron signing off. Pash out. Nice, 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 Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off.